What's up, Gary Country? Man, Drew Spivey here with Seth. Seth, we're back, and uh, we're, what, five practices down for spring football. Uh, uh, notice Clemson's getting underway as well. Uh, some teams trying to, you know, get out early on it and make sure they get a spring practice. Uh, some good stuff from the Gators. They're doing some Instagram, uh, you know, showing us a little bit. Not a ton, but, hey, every little bit counts, and I'm cool for it, and I'm excited to see it in the new coaching staff. Uh What's uh, what's your thoughts? You like watching a little practice? Do you? I mean, for me, I'm cool at watching drills. I don't need to watch the team every day. No, I I love watching drills and and just seeing kind of how they set up practice. I'm the only thing I'm upset about is that they the Gators made me download Instagram. I, I was trying to hold off forever, and uh, I had to break just so I could watch these practices. But it's been fun to see kind of the drills and how they set up practice and and going through different things. I wish we could see a little bit more. But you know that's that's their prerogative. They don't want to show everything. But I, I've had a I've had a good time kind of being able to watch a bunch of different positions go through. Um, so I've enjoyed it. I think you know, and, and obviously, obviously, I'm you know, you and I are talking from a position of, of being there. But you know, I, I, obviously, coaches are judged on what they happen on game day as well. But a lot of what the the drills are what makes the game day. And, you know, I know everybody wants to see seven on seven. Everybody wants to see team drills. So do I. I mean, because at the end of the day, you can be the best, you know, route runner in drills and, you know, be the best tackler in drills. But can you do it when the, the lights are on and the, and the action's there? But it is interesting to see how the drills are set up. And you and I were talking about this before. They're really, they're really, the defensive staff is really, really going back to the basics with their tackling circuit. Or, and when I say tackling circuit, all the coaches, every coach has a different drill to focus on tackling. Uh, Jules is is doing the on the knee kind of wrap up, uh, and, and they're they're doing different tackling drills. It, and it it seems so little league, but when you tackle like little leaders did last year, and, and it seemed like Florida did. You have to go back to it. And, you know, I've been able to see spring practicing in the past a little bit. And I can say that this year is a definite emphasis on tackling. I don't know if that was a Mullen thing or a McGriff thing, a Grantham thing. I don't know who it is. But if these guys don't tackle next year, it ain't on the coaching staff. No. It, and it's interesting to kind of hear um, – you could kind of see a difference. First of all, like we're seeing it being implemented in practice, but like the way Mullen spoke about the defense um, during the season and kind of post, you know, Cotton Bowls or like right after the game, ah, you know, whatever. And then the way he talked about it in his uh, initial spring press conference before right. spring practice, where he's like, okay, yeah, this is, we got to fix this, this, and this. Like this is, this was a problem. The stuff he wouldn't admit during the season was a problem that we could all see, like communication, tackling. Um, but you're seeing them kind of implement steps to fix those problems from last year where it is hard. And we talked about this during the season. It is hard to kind of fix some of this stuff in season because you get so limited amount of practice time. It's not like, um, you know, other, you know, NFL or, or, or high school where you can kind of, you may get a little bit more practice time, you get a more leniency. There's a, there's a strict hour rule in college. So sometimes during the season, you're kind of stuck with what you got. Um, but you see them trying to fix those problems now, and and that's good to see that they that they actually saw that when kind of doing their off season study. Yeah, and and you know again, you look at some of these guys, Kyrie Elam, for instance. Uh, yeah, he, he's a, he's a junior this year, never had a spring practice. Um, a lot of these guys. That's crazy. It, it is crazy because spring practice is where you learn. I mean, that's just what it is. Fall camps where you learn, yeah. but spring practice is where you get better. 
on the little things. And, you know, that's where you, uh, that is where, uh, that is where you define your, your, your abilities. Uh, and that's what you've got to do. So, um, I, I, I'm liking what I see so far from the new staff. I'm liking what I'm seeing from, you know, uh, the, the, even the quarterback coaching Garrett McGee. Uh, so again, how much it will develop into the season, I don't know, but I, I do like that they're taking it back to the basics. Uh, you know, one thing that you continue to hear from the from this new staff is communicate, 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 communicate. That was the number one problem last year on defense was guys did not communicate. Veteran guys did not communicate. You, how many times did we see Marco Wilson and Brad Stewart look at each other like, who's got it? Well, if you'd have communicated, you'd have known that. Yeah, you, I mean, we, even into the final game of the year, Cotton Bowl, you have a safety that's looking around and just leaving a guy uncovered, and he just waltzes in for an easy touchdown, I believe. It's 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 not difficult, um, but, you know, they're, they're, it could have been communication. It could have been like, okay, we got to change some of our verbiage uh, because – like Saban and Kirby and all those guys that had these long plays, well, they've had they've had to change all that to react to the no huddle stuff. Maybe Florida hadn't or Grantham kind of hadn't had to do that before, and it's a little easier when you got those veteran guys like you had David Reese there, where he can make all the calls and get everything done, and you got uh, Juwan Taylor back there. You said it's a smart guy that they can make all the calls and get all done quickly. Well, when you don't got that anymore. Um, you got to adjust. So it seems like they're making that change, and maybe they've made that change in how they call plays too. Um, that's just pure speculation on my part, but that's something that you're seeing a lot around the country is having to change the way the plays are called in too. But that's stuff that you can really iron out in the spring because you have to know that like, if I call whack, that means these six other words. Whack, we're, we're condensing this call that was six, seven words long into one word, whack. Right. Um, you know, but if I don't have spring, it's harder to put that kind of stuff in. So hopefully they're getting all that kind of stuff ironed out. And then you will see that emphasis on communication, getting this stuff in. Cause that seemed to be one of the biggest problems last year. There were guys looking around, not getting lined up every game. It seemed like. Yeah. And, and again, was it a, you know, coaching thing? I, I don't know. I, the thing about it is, is this, if the team is bad this year and not being able to line up, it's a coaching problem. Yeah. It's not the same guys out there. Uh, but, again, focusing on that, you know, and, and focusing on the little details. You know, I, I heard Wesley McGriff getting on Trey Dean the other day, and he wasn't getting on him for anything bad, but Trey kind of went through the motions a little bit and flipping his hits. McGriff brought him back again, and he said, I don't coach for my health. I coach to make you great. Hey, that's what you wanted from Wesley McGriff. Someone yes. who was honest, in your face, told you what it was, it has the respect to do it. I mean, his his resume speaks for itself. He knows what he's doing. And and again, and I'm not picking on Trey Dean. I think Trey Dean's had a fabulous spring. I think he had a good fall. But I'm just saying, those habits go to the go to the season. Those habits form. And it's not just Trey Dean. It's everyone. They all did. You know, all those guys went through the motions a little bit at times. Those habits form. And if you knock them out in practice. Boom, you knock them out in the game. You don't have that problem in the game. Uh, you know, you can't even allow, you know, your most veteran guy in trading that safety position to do that. Um, you know, he was working. Uh, I, I watched McGriff go over it a couple times with, with uh, Corey Collier as well. Simply how to engage on the block and shed a block. That sounds so simple. 
But I don't know that it's so simple nowadays because in high school ball, and this is something we can talk about, you don't get to hit as much in high school ball anymore in practice. You don't get to no. go through that stuff anymore because of the whole safety health protocol. Listen, I'm all for that, but also tackling was good back in the day because we learned how to do it in practice. Yeah, they've limited. Uh, I don't. Yeah, it's good you're kind of bringing this. Up. A lot of people don't realize, and I know it's happened in the state of Florida, but they limit the amount of time per week you can have full contact periods. So, um, coaches are having. It happened a few years ago. Coaches were having to change kind of how they set up their practices because there used to be a lot more of full contact. Um, you know, I could do full 11 on 11 this period, full inside run this period, full tackles, you know, and now you're having to change that because you can only have a certain amount of time per week right. of full tackling, full contact. So, yeah, you are kind of seeing that trickle down. And that's something that's even a problem. It's becoming a problem a little bit in like the NFL because they've had lower, they have uh, less contact. And it's something you got to get used to and you got to get used to doing it at full speed. Like, the drill, the tackling circuit and stuff is great because you can kind of get your body and get that muscle memory going, and this is how I'm supposed to go. But nothing beats the full speed, full contact, like scrimmage practice, eleven on eleven time. Nothing beats that, and and that time is limited now. So it's it's you've got to really focus on those fundamentals and get them how you can that you can uh, you can translate it to the field. That's the key, I think, is. Setting up drills that translate to the field. Right. Exactly. And, you know, guys always get angry and upset because they feel like they're wasting their time. Well, you're not really wasting your time, you know, on learning this small things. And, again, it's spring practice. So, um, we'll, we'll move on from that. But, again, I, I just wanted to emphasize that they're really, really going through the whole tackling circuit and, and getting back to basics. And, you know, David Turner as well. And, and, and it, again, this is stuff that happens every spring. Maybe not as to the degree it is, but David Turner's really working on pad level for his defensive tackle. And you and I talked about this a little bit last year. We thought at times the pad level for the defensive tackles was terrible because it was at times. It was terrible. Um, and it, it's really uh, an emphasis on it. And I, and I tell you, a guy who stood out to me is Daquan uh, Newkirk. And, you know, the, the, the rumors were that he just never was healthy. Well, he looks healthy, and that man's strong. His hands are violent, yeah. violent. Yeah, and his arms are bigger than some people on the team's legs. Yeah, yeah. That dude is a big dude. Yes, uh, and he's just his his hands are violent, and you and when I say violent, a lot of people may not understand what that means, and that is he punches with the force, and yeah. he's not just putting hands on you to put hands on you. He's punching with the force, and that's what you need, and and it's starting to show with guys like Gervin Dexter. Uh, Desmond Watson, Chris Thomas has looked really good. And he's a guy who gets, you know, really under the radar a little bit. But that's a big boy. And he's in shape to, to be a freshman. And, you know, Des Watson's out of shape. But that boy can move for 400 bills. Dude, give – give uh, I take him for five or six plays a game. That dude – first of all, you're not going to be able to move him. No. Like, nobody's going to move that guy. Uh, and he, he can move, man. Like you see him like in these drills where he's like shedding, you know, working to shed blocks and like uh, getting over the top. Mm-hmm. That dude can move for being that big. It's crazy. He's, he's a, he's a freak of nature, but I wouldn't be shocked if you see him, especially if he can drop a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. If he's got like a little package or something, they get him in the games. Cause he's, he, he's got a lot of ability. Short, short line, uh, short yardage situations. I'm putting his big ass in there. 
Ain't Unless, no way. If, he is he's taking if, up two bodies. Ethan White. If you tilt if you if you put him at nose and tilt him, so he's not like he's, for, for everyone listening, so not don't line him straight up, have him kind of tilt. His butt will take up a whole gap by itself, and then you and then he he can basically take up three gaps if you tilt him. Oh yeah, you you shade him a little bit. Woo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan White's a big strong boy, and Des Watson moved Ethan White like he was pancakes. Yeah, he walked him back. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, and and, and again, uh, yes, he's four twenty, and he needs to drop down to three fifty. But at four twenty, if he can move like that, let me yeah. see what he moves like at three fifty. Because that boy can move, and and the thing is for him, and I know why Dan Mullen had him as his top guy. And you, yeah. And you see it in high school, but you really see it now. He ain't afraid to he, he ain't afraid to go at you. He ain't afraid to run his motor. He plays with good pad level, which is crazy at the amount of weight he is. But he plays a good pad level. His hands are violent, and and like I said, he can move. And you know when you think of a defensive tackle. And, and I go back to this and, and you know, and maybe picking on the big guys. But give me Vince Wolford every day of the week. You wasn't moving Vince Wolford. Yeah, especially if you're in the Grantham system where he likes to do a lot of odd front. I mean, right. there's your nose right there. And if your nose can eat up two blockers, well, now now you're freeing up your linebackers to go and make plays. Right. That's the thing. If That's the thing that. You know, if you got a nose that's just going to get taken up with one blocker, well, that's that's really not worth too much to you in, in a three four. You got to have a guy that can they call him like two gappers, a guy that can right. kind of play two gaps. Yeah, and and he can do that, man. He's so big and he's so agile for his size. It's crazy. You you've heard this, but I'm gonna say it for the listeners: the best linebacker is the best defensive front. Yeah, if, if the defensive front is making things happen up front. Your linebackers are going to make plays. Your linebackers are going to tally 15, 20 tackles a game, and you're going to say, man, that's a Buckets Award winner at linebacker. Well, find me a Buckets Award winner at linebacker, and I'll find you a defensive lineman that's had a great year. Every yeah. single solitary year. You know, you, you think back of Antonio Morrison when he was here. You know, was he a good linebacker? Sure he was, but I guess he was. Look at the guys he had in front of him. You know, uh, Dante Fowler, those guys, they were just making things happen. They were The defensive line demanding double teams allows your linebackers to, to roam free, make the play, and guess what else happens there? That allows your blitz to get home. That allows your cornerbacks to play a little bit freely, freer in the secondary because they know they don't have to cover as long. And guess what happens at the end of the day? Your defense is better. And, yeah. and I know it sounds so simple, but if you win up front, you win football games. It happens on the offensive side of the ball, and it happens on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and it, it's crazy. I'm looking at like, – they, they've really – I don't. I, I don't think you can say they've upgraded because they haven't played a game yet. But they got a really good amount of bodies inside now. Where last year you felt like if one of those two guys went down, that they didn't have much behind him. I mean, Newkirk. That dude's listed at three eighteen. He looks solid as a rock. If he's three eighteen, I'm a buck fifty. And I mean, that dude is. <laughs> that dude is solid though. At her as big as he is, yeah. and then. Uh, Shelton coming in, he's getting a lot of reps. I think with kind of that first group too, he's looked up, he's looked pretty good. I, I think they've got some depth there. And Gervin Dexter's gonna play. Yeah, I'm. So they've turned that around, and we talked about before, like what's the transfer portal for? Yeah, it's for finding those guys that you can kind of fill in where maybe your recruiting was lax, and that's kind of where their recruiting's been lax. Well, they look as of right now, it looks like you've got uh, some quality guys to rotate in there. So that they've kind of, I feel like they've 
really helped themselves to that position where it looked like that was going to be a weakness coming in. Yeah, I mean, when you when you think of Newkirk, Shelton, uh, or Valentino, he's calling himself now. Valentino. Valentino. Gervin Dexter and the two freshmen, Watson and Chris Thomas, you got five bodies up there that are big boys. And yeah. Gervin Dexter's going to play. Gervin Dexter looks like a million bucks. Thing people forget is Gervin Dexter's still very young in football terms. I mean, it's only his fourth year of playing the game. For a defensive tackle, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, Dante Lang has transformed his body too. Um, I don't know how much that's going to transform uh, transform to the field, uh, but he's transferred his body a little bit. Uh, Zach Carter still. Zach Carter looks like he's a guy who understands. Hey, I wasn't going to get drafted high. I had to come back to school. I didn't want to come back to school, but if I'm coming back, I'm going to make it worth my time. Yeah, those guys, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I think even uh, Ethan has mentioned on the boards for a few of these guys. Some of these, there, a lot of these guys look like they put on some good weight. Uh-huh. Um, and some of these freshmen coming in just look, are just freaks. They're, they're big dudes. You look at, like, the Bucks and, and that group. Yeah. There's a lot of good-looking athletes in that group. Chris Bogle looks really, really good. Chris yeah. Bogle's got to play. You know, again, you know, I say this, and I don't mean this as disrespect to Britton Cox. Britton Cox better step his game up. He's got some dudes behind him that are going to push for some PT. Yeah, and we and we know for sure he ain't going to be returning punts after seeing that, that footage. <laughs> hey, Zach Carter, man. Yeah, hey, put him back there. Uh, put him back there, yeah. There you you, you need a couple of chunk yards. Hey, put Zach Carter back there. He ain't going down there easy. Hey, put Dez Watson back there. <laughs> I, 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 get, I guarantee he would have caught it. Goldline, give me some Dez Watson and tell me you're going to stop that big boy. I guarantee if they put him back there and said, all right, Dez, if you catch this, no sprints today. He would have done everything in his being to catch that football. <laughs> I tell you, though, you put him up there in front of Damian Pierce and you say, Dez, you hit the first thing that shows. You will have a hole to the end zone for Damian Pierce. (laughs) You'll be all right. Uh, You'll be all right. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Nick Elkison at tight ends looked really good. Uh, Obviously, Eric Gilbert's not here yet. Um, Elkison's looked good to me. Um, And, you know, some people were wondering, you know, how he would, if he was fast enough, everything else. Hey, find me a tight end that can make the dirty yards and get the chunk yards on, on, on the plays when, you know, when it's three and you get me seven. Hey, I take it all day. Elkison's a guy who I thought looked really good so far at that tight end spot. Yeah, big body listed six six two thirty seven. He doesn't look like it. He doesn't look. He carries that weight well. He doesn't yeah. look like he's two thirty seven. He's he's a big body out there. He's having a he's having a good year or a good spring so far. Um, I thought. Um, you know, a couple other guys. I thought Zipper did pretty good when they showed that um, the kind of the blocking drills they've gone through, or you know, like the Oklahoma style drills they went through. Yeah, I thought he did well blocking, and so I think you're going to have some 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 definite skill there at the tight end position. You've got those guys coming back, and then you're going to add in Eric Gilbert. It looks like so you're going to have a really versatile group that can do a lot of different things, which I think is what they they want. They want that guy that can be in line, and they want that guy that can be off the line, kind of more like an H-back type guy. But they, they've got some talent at that position, that's for sure. Yeah, I, um, the, the thing for that position is you're looking for multiple guys to fill the void Kyle Pitts have. Yeah. N- nobody's filling Kyle Pitts' shoes. Let's just forget it. You know, Eric Gilbert may come close. Kyle Pitts yeah. is the once-in-generation tight end. Let's just say what it is. 
Yeah, Eric, Eric Gilbert. I've, I, I got something. I think he's going to be out this week. Eric Gilbert is. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a dude too. I, he's not yeah. quite. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he's. If you add him into this mix, he's uh, he can do a lot of things, and and then you add some of these other guys around him that kind of complement him. Right. You have a really really good group. Probably probably one of the better ones in the country, I'd imagine. Yeah, and and that was my point is you know you're going to ask those guys as a whole to yeah. to to step up. You're going to say, hey, Elkinson, you're going to be our flex style guy a little more. Jonathan Odom's going to be your inline guy a little bit more. Uh, Zipper is definitely going to be more of your inline guys at times. You're, you're going to ask all those guys to do those things, but guess what? It doesn't matter how you get the production as long as you get the production. And, yeah. and again, you've got a lot of guys that can play. You know, Jonathan Odom's going to get you those chunk yards inside, you know, and be able to, okay, if it's third and two, he can also line up and block, but you can also put him out in the flats and throw in the ball, and he's going to get those yards. Uh, you know, same thing with Keon Zipper. And, you know, you can do those things. And, and I'll say this, and, and this is what a lot of people forget. You're going to see some different packages. You're going to see some different stuff happen with Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson in at quarterback. Uh, you're, you might see some of that shovel pass, uh, you know, stuff that you used to get under, you know, with Tebow and Dak Prescott and those guys. Keon Zipper's that guy, that H-back kind of guy. So, uh, again, you know, you say a loaded position. It's loaded there, and it's loaded at running back. And I've said this multiple times. I might even said it on podcasts. I don't know. But the receiver position has been the the – loaded position the last few years and i'm not mm. saying it's not good this year it's not as loaded as it has been but that's okay you got your running back spot that's going to be better you got your tight end spot who's still going to be good not better but still going to be good you've got your quarterback position that's going to do different things your offense may be fine it just may look different yeah it's interesting uh i went to um florida does uh, they used to do it every year. I, I think because of the pandemic, they kind of held off, and they might do it virtually, maybe. But they had a coaches' clinic a few years back when um, they went, and I went and watched the quarterback stuff and uh, talked a little bit with Brian Johnson. Kind of was like, well, how do you guys game? Do you guys get your gameplay and stuff broken down by how they line up to every personnel group? You know, I was kind of go how stuff I'd done in the past when I was coaching the college and, you know, do they do it the same way? He's like, Oh, we don't No, He's like, we run one person. Out. We're, he's like, we're basically all 11 personnel. So not, we don't really go into that. So they're basically all what he's saying, one back, one tight end. I'll be interested to see if they're going to a lot more one back, two tight end, two back stuff, some, so it'll be interesting to see if they get out of that 11 personnel being so heavy on that 11 personnel look to where they're in a lot more of two tight ends or two backs or, Sometimes two tight ends and two backs. or, or you know. wow. So it, it'll be kind of interesting to see if they go that way. You know, you look back at some of the formations they ran when Tebow was there and Dak Prescott was there. They did run that two tight end, two yep. running back. And and I and we talked about it in the last podcast, the old wishbone look. That's what it looks like. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. Um, you know, and I can see it. You, you're telling me you wouldn't want to have Demarcus Bowman and – Daquan right on the field, and then Elkinson and Jonathan Odom, or Jonathan Odom and Keon Zipper with Emory Jones at quarterback. Yeah, good luck. You know, and then, it, and then if you get Gilbert and that dude, you can. What's interesting, what they've done at those two positions in particular, that could make them really tough. Um, because we all know the college rule is if you don't sub out, you don't have to wait for the defense to sub guys in. 
Well, they've got a lot of flexibility with the, a lot of those guys you mentioned, Naquan Wright, Bowman. Those are seem like guys you could flex out a receiver. The there's two or three of the tight ends you could flex out a receiver, and then the next play you could bring him in, and now you're in a two tight end look. Where the previous play you could be in an empty look, and you don't have to change personnel. So it, it'll be that's kind of um, going to be one thing to watch for, I think, as the season is how do they use these kind of multiple these multiple guys that they got in the backfield and at tight end. Cause you can basically run, you know, a bunch of different formations that look totally different to the defense with the same group of players. And that can make it really hard to stop. If you are going to go uh, kind of that no huddle look, cause they can't sub if you keep the same players on. Right. Exactly. I mean, you could easily have, you know, go from that formation to having Naquan in the slot and Keon Zipper, Kamari Gamble or Eric Gilbert lined up at the X. Easy. Yep. You're not gonna you're not gonna be worried about it. Yep. And the next play, you come back and you got two tight ends, and now the defense has to line up with to seven guys in line of scrimmage. And then the next play, you go out and everybody's it's empty. There's nobody. They got to line up to that. It could be it could cause a lot of problems. And that's I think what they've been recruiting for is that kind of positional flexibility, right. um, especially at tight end, having those guys that can block and then also flex out. You saw that with Pitts last year, but they seem to be trying to get more of those guys that can do more of that stuff with. Right, exactly. Um, and again, is it is it going to be throwing for 400 yards a game? No, it's not. I mean, first of all, if you're asking Emory Jones to do that, you're doing him a disservice. That's not what his game's about. Um, you know, if you're asking Anthony Richardson to do that, you're doing a disservice. You're not using your potential, you know, your players to their potential. Um, but again, it, it'll be interesting to see it, how it lines up. And, I, and I'm not saying the receiver position is down. I've seen some good things from Jacquavion Frazier. seen some good things from Xavier Henderson. Um, seen a little bit from uh, Dejon Reynolds. And, and that's a shock for me a little bit to how smooth he looks um, just now, what, 10 months, really? From, uh, no, not even 10 months. Months, maybe eight months post ACL surgery, and he's looking really good in the slot. Uh, Trent Rittimore's look really good. Jacob Hopeland's, uh, you know, shown the ability to continue to be uh, wide receiver one. Uh, yep. And I think you will see him do that. So you got some players out there. Um, the depth there, I don't think, is you know, as maybe as good as it was in the past. Um, but again, you're asking. You're taking you're talking about seven guys who are going to be drafted in in the NFL draft the last two years at the position. That's tough to replace. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's going to be tough for anybody to replace. But I, I think you kind of what you can do, and they've done it in the past. Mullen has is you, you kind of have ro- guys have roles. You know, this is my role in the offense. I don't have to be that guy that can line up everywhere this is my role this is where i line up this is what i do this is kind of how they use me and i think they're gonna be able to find enough of those guys and then they do have they they have a bunch of big talented guys that's what you kind of is kind of interesting to go through and look at i'm you know looking at the roster like man these receivers are then there's not a lot of there's not a lot of small dudes out there they're all pretty big um copeland may be one of the smaller ones and he's six foot 200 pounds so but there's a lot of six three six fours out there so it, but I think they've done a pretty good job of kind of finding, okay, this is the guy that will fit this role. This is the guy that will fit that role. And then using the other personnel they have at other positions to kind of mix it all up. I think they'll, they're not going to replace I don't, those receivers you lost, but you can kind of, you can kind of get to the similar spots by having guys that can fit those roles. They did a little bit, maybe not quite as good, but kind of the same role in the offense. Right, yeah. Oh, let's go to quarterback a little bit here. And obviously we, we haven't been able to see much and, and learn much from it. You, first of all, your 
you know, 7,000 yards away from team team drills. But, you know, hey, I, yeah. I, I'm not complaining. I'm seeing practice. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying it's tough to see, um, you know, and it's, it's really tough. You know, you see the ball hit the ground. Instantly you say, oh, that's quarterback's fault. Maybe not. Maybe it's the receiver's fault. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it's pass interference. You never know on this. Uh, it's tough to see. Um, you know, in some drills, I, I think Emory Jones has, has done well in his inter, inter, intermediate throws, uh, but still struggled a little bit with accuracy. Uh, Anthony Richardson, same thing. I think Anthony Richardson has looked better at times throwing the ball. Um uh, Kitna, uh, it has looked really good though, in my opinion, as far as a freshman goes. Is he, you know, is he up to Emory and Richardson status? No, not at all. But I think he has looked good. Uh, he's definitely a son of a of a quarterback, a son of a coach uh, who understands that, and he's, you can definitely tell that John's taught uh, Jalen, you know, his you know arm arm uh, ability and and just how to throw the ball and understand how quick release, that kind of stuff. You really see that from him. And, um, I thought he's looked good. Carlos Del Rio, I think, needs to clean up his uh, delivery a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's still young and he's still going through it, and, it, and it's definitely improved, but I think he definitely has to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the thing watching that group is you look the um, just thinking back to a few years back and how you felt like there was not a ton of depth to the position. They got a lot of guys. A ton of depth? There position. wasn't one guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that, that would be their leanest of years. But there's years where you're like, I, my options are not great. But 1A and 1B are both should be C, you know, C, uh, or, or should be 3A. But the I feel like you see it, and you got a lot of depth of that position, with, of depth of talent. Now, obviously, the young guys need more experience. But um, I like Emory Jones. I think he can play. But Anthony Richardson's had a really good. It's as from what we can see, right. seems to have had a pretty good spring so far. Um, he he's a guy that's going to be pushing Emory, and that's what you want to see is that competition there. And then the young guys have shown they've both flashed. Um, like you said, those they 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 both need to clean some stuff up. Jay, I thought uh, Kitna's uh, shown some good stuff. Uh, and then uh, Dario Wilson has shown some good stuff too, I think. Um, but they're young; they need there's some stuff they need to clean up. But you can see the talent in those guys, and the depth of talent in that room is so much larger than it's been in the past, in the recent past even. So you got to feel pretty good with that position. And then considering the track record of Mullen, and I think you kind of like what you see from McGee so far in practice. He's not um, he's not one that. It's kind of lax. He seems to be demanding excellence from these guys, and that's kind of what you wanted that quarterback position. So I think you got to feel pretty good about that position going forward. I've heard Greg Knox get more, you know, wordy. And when I say wordy, I mean uh, some uh, non-PG-13 uh, stuff. Uh, just simply, uh, you know, getting after it, you know, and it's different this year because you're going to run more of the quarterback trap. And when I say quarterback trap, that means your running back is kicking out the tackle um, or, or the quarterback power, uh, yeah. you know, and you're going to see more of that. And he's explaining to the running backs more of, hey, listen, when you come, you got to be low impact at that, you know, defensive end that you're going to kick out. you got to be low impact to be able to drive him back to create the hole. And, you know, some of the guys are just kind of going through the motion there, and Knox has really been getting on it. But like you said with McGee, uh, McGee has done a good job, you know, of just simply, you know, telling, the, showing the guys, you know, of different things, of, you know, different arm slots, throw different balls. Every ball's not thrown over the top. 
And yeah. Especially in this in this day and age where you got the RPOs and the, you know everything that goes along with it, some balls are thrown. I mean, we've seen Patrick Mahomes throw it underhanded a few times. I mean, balls are thrown every different way. Um, and again, on Emory, Emory's the guy. Uh, Emory's the guy. I mean, Anthony Richardson's going to have to do a lot to unseating. Uh, but like you said, it is good to see a push there. And you know, as you're running the ball more, you do open up the you know can of worms to you know, roll an ankle or something more often, it's good to have that guy behind you in Richardson who's ready to go. And I think not just and that there that's I think that's part of the reason you haven't seen not only because um it didn't fit Kyle Trask, it didn't fit his skill set that much, but I think now you feel more comfortable with either guy. So you, you feel more comfortable running that quarterback. Like you said, there it, it does it does, you know, open you up to maybe increased chance of a guy getting dinged up. Right. But then, if you got a guy you feel pretty comfortable with behind him that can do the same things, then you're not so hesitant to do it. Right. So it seems like that quarterback run is going to be coming back in full force, and that makes you a lot harder to defend if you've got that ability. So especially um, if you can hit the RPO game. Yes, because then you can start adding like um, if you watch Coastal Carolina, for instance, last year, they'll do stuff where they'll get in four wide receiver and they'll have the quarterback come like he's coming downhill and he's got an option to, or he can run it or he can throw an RPO out there or the back looks like he's going to come up and block like he always does. And then he slips and now he's down the middle of the field with no safeties because they got to, they got to, you know, watch the four receivers that are split out. So it really opens up a lot of different things for you. uh, If you have that quarterback run game going. And again, go back to the tight ends a little bit. Tight ends are important in an RPO game, yep. huge in part. You know, play action stuff. That's where they're important even more so than you know when they're split out wide. Um, to hit on one, you know, a couple more things here. You know, while you're not seeing a ton of practice, and while you don't see a ton of the 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 drill, I mean the team stuff, you do see more energy. You do see more energy from this staff. You know, like I said, Wesley McGriff has, in my opinion, been been huge. I, I'd love to see Wesley McGriff coach and, and go through the fine details. You can tell he's done it before. He's seen everything. And, and it is the littlest details of, you know, hey, you're walking back to the drill. He's been on them. And, you know, Seth, I know you were, you were taught this the same way when I was. And my coach used to tell us all the time, you know, our head coach, and if your guys are walking across the field, that's an indictment on you. And Wesley McGriff was probably told that same thing by Dan Mullen. Your guys walked as an indictment on you. You don't walk on the football field. You walk outside the white lines. Yeah, it seems to be a concerted effort from the staff to be uh, – now, I haven't seen practice in the past, but I they, they seem to be a concerted effort to be vocal, to be energetic, to kind of be – get the tempo going and practice a little bit. And that's what you want, especially when you have younger guys. They've talked about defense. They've, they feel like they've got a lot of younger guys – and and then you know on offense you've got younger guys that haven't played a ton. Right. Sometimes you got to get that tempo going a little bit, get it get it heightened up, get a little bit more vocal with those guys. Where with more veteran teams you're gonna be a little bit more laid back because you you know these guys know the know the drill. But um, it seems to be a concerted effort from the staff, and it's good to see the new guys like McGriff coming in and really taking hold of that. 
Right, yeah, and, you know, again, you, you want to see that, uh, you know, and uh, McGriff's uh, and Jules have got some of the uh, DBs walking around with handcuffs on their belt telling the you know, receivers <laughs> they're going to lock them up. Hey, it may be cheesy, but if that's what makes these defensive backs have some, some cockiness, some, some swagger, some confidence, if that's what it takes, I don't care. I, I don't. It, you want to have confidence at your position, and, you know, this guy, these guys didn't have it last year. Now, did they have any reason to be confident? No. They didn't play good. But at the end of the day, last year is last year. It's a whole new yeah. year. You can you can be the number one passing you know defense in the country this year. And and what's nice, I think, is that you've got yeah, you've got a lot of competition there at those two positions. You've got a bunch of guys that are kind of hungry to play that got that played bits and pieces last year at some of the positions that are trying to come up and make and all right, put their stamp on that starting spot. Um, last year you came in with some veteran guys. So you feel like, okay, these are the guys you're going to roll with, especially with no spring practice. I think we, we really, you know, it, it's hard. Uh, we obviously acknowledge that they didn't have spring practice last year, but it is tough when, when you think of, especially for freshmen, you know, I think there's a big kind of, a lot of people talking about, well, they, they only play the older guys, you know, you know, moan, they're only going to play the older guys. Um, I think without spring, that's, you're going to lean on that because just think, why do guys enroll early? All the guys that enroll early always have the advantage, right? Because they got to go through spring practice. The guys that come in the summer, you're always like, I don't know if he's going to play. He got in late. Well, that's pretty much everybody last year. Right. You know what I mean? Like they didn't get to go through spring practice. They got to go through and learn things, but there's nothing, there's no learning, like learning on the field. Right. So with those, with that kind of, with this year, you don't have as much seniority back there. And then you're having this spring practice where guys really get a chance to put themselves out there and put a stamp on it. I think you're going to have a lot of competition in those positions that competition typically leads to better results. So, um, I, you you got to feel pretty good with those guys, and if if they need to wear the handcuffs on the shorts, hey man, let them wear the handcuffs on the shorts. If they if they got to play like it, but let them earn those handcuffs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever it may be, and you know, again, spring is for the little things, and you know, you see, you know, guys got pissed off last year at the little things, myself included. I cannot stand stand to watch miss tackling and poor tackling if you if yeah. you're breaking down and you're in position and the guy just simply you know runs you over or makes a better play i'm okay with it but when you don't break down in position i can't stand it it makes me frustrated it makes me scream and it, it, it just it, it frustrates me because that you know tackling is an effort thing and it's a yeah. want to it's a want to thing and that, that's what it is you know people always say well he can't tackle he can tackle he just don't want to tackle he just don't, you know, he's scared of contact or whatever it may be. You know, communicating, that's a want-to thing. That's an attitude thing. You can communicate. Yeah. You might not be the most vocal guy, but you can communicate, you know. And to see this happen, and I, I'll say this, I guarantee you this, the safety position will be the leader on this team because of Wesley McGriff. Yeah, and I've liked uh, kind of what I've seen from Trey Dean so far. I think he's taken on that. He's going he's gonna to kind of be that leader. It seems like um, the same kind of Oklahoma-type drill I mentioned earlier. Man, he was taking it to people in there and being physical. And the, I think him and the, he had like a, him and his safety group yeah. went through. It were one of the only defensive groups that got off and got off the field and got a stop on it. And those guys were being physical, and he was kind of leading that charge. So I think you're going to see uh, – some better play from that group and some guys kind of kind of step out and take some ownership of it. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, Seth, so we're going to hop off of here. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. We'll continue to talk about it uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday again for uh, for practice this week. So, you know, I'll be watching it, taking some notes, and uh, bringing you guys the uh, the best of what happened uh, again next week. Hopefully we uh, continue to see some, you know, some good stuff from the team and continue to, to see a lot of the drills and see how, you know, things go from one week to the next week. So, uh, Seth, we appreciate it as always, man. We'll be looking forward to your Eric Gilbert story this week and uh, looking forward to a, another good week of spring practice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you have to watch it on Instagram, but it's it's nice we get to watch it. It's like Florida should start getting some shares out of it. Yeah, I think they're, they're getting some. No, Things I think pretty good. some shares in the stock. Then you get some money? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so all Break right, so, a little piece. there you go, there you go. Maybe uh, you know, maybe up some pays and coaches because everybody gripes about that, or build something else on the stadium. So, all right, Seth, man, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll be back next week, and uh, we'll talk more spring practice. Thanks, guys.